Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I do declare here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Drimbus. After finally reaching the Sunder and the Monastery, Gary discovers that the old dwarf is none other than Yargen Rockbottom himself, the famed adventurer from the Tale of Deliverance. He shares how the Monastery has been overtaken by a swarm of vampires which Silvio states must be Ed and Fred. Unable to help at the moment, Jorgen relays the sorry state of Longreach, and that his son, Merrill, is the one that Gary was sent to see to help with his condition, who is currently stuck inside the monastery. As they decide to sneak into Longreach to see what they can do, they run into two Geralins before an abomination appears. I do declare, Yorana is back in session. What in the seven hells is that? Roll for initiative. That's a 20. The abomination is up first. As it rises up from the snow, its aura intense. It is right in front of the carriage, basically just ahead of the horses. The Goralins have been shot forward about 10 feet, and they are lying in the snow. You are probably another 15 feet behind the abomination, so it's like right in that middle point. And you see it gets up, glances around, takes in the whole environment. Uh, as this is happening, Grizabeth grabs Calvin, totally forgets the fucking fake names, goes, Cal, get in the back! Cal, get in the back! And she grabs him and, like, fucking, like, runs with him and, like, dives as far as back as she can. Silvio, Yargin, you, and Becca are all currently in the front of the carriage. And as the abomination looks around, you see it clenches its dark fists, and you see this, like, pulse emanate out from it, like a fiery blast, almost, but like a thin layer of fire that emanates in a circle goes, and you are going to take 
three points of fire damage as it just goes and tears through everything that is 30 feet away. So you see it hits Jorgen, Silvio, the Goralans get hit as well as it hits them and like it seems to blast the snow away as well as it does. Becca screams, she goes, ah! It, it seems like that was a pretty significant hit on her. And the flump goes, and also seems to be in some serious pain. But Gary, you're up. Oh, fuck it. Gary just grabs the reins and goes, and just tries to run over the abomination and try to go through it keep going to lunch. Okay. While doing that, he'll throw an acid splash. Okay. Give me a good animal handling check to see how well you drive the horses. Okay. And I'm uh, he's going to give you a dexterity saving throw. I got a 10. Oof. You begin to... Yeah, the horses! They start trying to move. They kind of freak out when they see the abomination. And it places one hand on, like, the front beam of the carriage and seems to almost fucking, like, hold it in place as it extends another clawed hand. Does a 20 save from your acid splash? Yeah. Okay. You splash acid toward it. And in the snow, a lot of it just hits the flakes that are falling and dissipates. And then as the abomination is directly in front of you, basically at Yargan's feet, he goes, all right, fuck it. And he puts a hand to his waist and you see he grabs the handle of a whip. And as he extends it out and lashes it, it lights on fire. He goes, let's fucking go, lad. As he does this, you see Yargan enters a rage, and it's almost like his beard straightens out a little bit, and his eyes flash with a like a red tint as he rages. And you see he lands three lashes to the abomination's face all at one. Whoops, whoops, whoops with the chain wrapping around its neck, lighting with fire, and then kind of trailing along, leaving burn marks as he continues the whips. And he's going to do 44 points of damage with those three lashes. It definitely seems to feel it, but it doesn't make a fucking sound as it takes him. You see its head to but no vocalizations from this thing whatsoever. Next up is Silvio. Sylvia's gonna pull out a dagger that he has hidden in his cloak, and he's just gonna fucking leap at the abomination. And he says, what the hell is this thing? You see, he manages to land one stab into the abomination's shoulder area for six points of damage. And as he does that, you see like this light pulse, and he, I mean, he is gray. Uh, and he's wearing that cloak that covers him and protects him from the sunlight. But as he stabs, you see he regains, like his gray becomes a little more vibrant, almost as if he healed a little bit. He regains a little bit of the health, and then you see the Goralans begin to pick themselves up out of the snow, and they are going to throw their spears at the Abomination. One of them misses and impales directly into the carriage's, like, frame. And you see there are these solid metal spears. The other comes flying and actually does land into the Abomination's lower back region. It buries itself in. And that is going to deal five points of damage to him as it takes that hit. And the Goralans begin to run forward with the rest of their turn. 
with the intent to reclaim their spears. The flump is going, <laughs> oh, my vibes, the vibes are so off. I don't like evil thoughts. As it flies forward, tentacles first out of the caravan and latches onto the abomination's head like a face hugger. And these tendrils begin to release this stench directly into the abomination's face. Ooh, natural 20, baby. You see what you assume would be 12 points of damage as the acid begins to to dip in, but that hardened gray skin, it just kind of like sloughs off. And he definitely seems to pale a little bit, like something's going on, but not as bad as you might have expected. At this point, Strunk spends his term waking up Yimik, Yalsika, and Yorick. And you hear they go, oh yeah, oh go, oh yeah, no, no. And Strunk goes, go, go, get to the back, get to the back. And he's like limping, he tries pulling Barnabas. He is focusing on getting the less combat inclined members far away from the fight that is currently going on, as he himself is limping. You see, Calvin goes, Mommy, I gotta help my daddy! I gotta be a hero! I gotta be a hero! And he starts running to the front of the caravan, and Grizzabeth grabs him by the back of the shirt and goes, Young man, you are coming with me! And literally throws him out the back into the snow. Which brings us back around to the Abomination. At this point, As you all start your turn here, he stands up and you see this energy pulse out from him again. It literally pushes the spear out of his body. It like plops out onto the snow and this radiant force kind of shoots out, dealing another 13 points of fire damage. The fire blasts out clearly much stronger this time. Hyargen As Silvio also takes a very significant blast, and he's looking worse for wear. Still okay, but not fabulous. Same goes for the Goralins, as that blast hits them and, like, shoots them backwards in the snow. But this time, they don't fall on their backs. They stay on their feet as they skid. Their feet. They stay on their feet (laughs) as they skid backwards. However, the flump that is on the abomination's face, like a face hugger, as this blast comes out of its body, you see it just tears the flump apart into like four pieces. Wow. And a piece of the like jelly body like lands covering your face, Gary. And then just sloughs off. Wow. <laughs> oh shit. Becca falls unconscious. Not just unconscious, she looks beat the fuck up. She was there, like, trying to drive the reins when you hyod the horses. And as this blast hits her, it hits her in the chest. She goes flying back, hits one of the wooden beams of the the caravan, and then bounces off of it forward still. And her body goes flying in the snow. She looks like if someone doesn't help her quickly, she might be about to kick the bucket. As at the same time, the horses go... And you see those flames enrapture them, and all three of them drop dead. Oh, shit, lad. You ever seen anything like this? Yeah, I don't think we can kill it. I don't think we have much of a choice. Gary, you're up. Gary will turn to say, Somebody help Becca. And then he's going to tackle the abomination. Oh, shit. Well, like attack with the scimitar, but yeah, tackle also. And 
He's going to rage first before doing that. Okay. Gary, roll a d8. A five. As you rage, you grab your scimitar, you prepare to tackle, and the moment you enter the rage, you know that feeling when you unleash your anger, you see this little fiery aura shoot out in a ring from your body. And it deals five damage to everyone around you. Oh, no. You see Yargan gets hit. <laughs> Silvio. <laughs> as do the Garalans for another five points as well. <laughs> they seem to get ready. They see it coming. They've taken it uh, twice now. And they kind of hold up their arms to, like, break the blast so it doesn't knock them back. That finishes dissipating the little bits of body of the flump that were left. They burn up into ash. <laughs> God. And you see Becca's body gets pushed further away in the snow. You are raging. Make your attacks. Okay. Wow. A 12 probably won't hit, right? No, it will not. And then a critical fail will also not hit. A critical fail does not only not hit, it seems that as this aura flew out of you, the iron of your scimitar is still red hot. And as you go to tackle the abomination, you fly at it, your scimitar raised, and you smash it down across its chest, and the scimitar breaks into two pieces. And it grabs your throat in its dark clawed hand and slams you down into the snow. It is now like right above you, almost like straddling you. Yargan is still raging. He is going to jump up. You see he clicks his heels. He is wearing what looked like some sort of tap shoe boots. And he is going to try and whip the abomination thrice on his way down to the ground to try and yank it off of your body. The first one is a critical failure as he kind of jumps and the abomination ducks and he goes flying straight over it and he lands in the snow and because he's wearing these tap shoe boots, it's slick and so like his heels hit the ground and he keeps sliding so he falls flat on his ass. (laughs) So he loses one of his extra attacks but because of his frenzy he gets one more as a bonus action. This one does hit as from flat on the ground he whips backwards and you see the chain whip wraps around the abomination's neck and does 16 points of damage as it whips back and like grabs around his neck and he yanks it forward. He doesn't fall on the ground, but the abomination kind of stumbles a little bit off of you, Gary, releasing your neck. Next up is Silvio. Silvio goes, turns into a bat and immediately flies over to Becca to try and revive her. You see, he kind of drags her further away from the fight and begins trying to do, like, CPR on her. The Goralans at this point have reached the Abomination. They each make three attacks as they come with their four arms. They are covered in this beautiful silver reclaimer's armor, covering pretty much all of their body. You see it's lined with, like, a dark brown fur that pokes out around the seams. And they begin just fucking pummeling the shit out of the Abomination. But as it does so, they, like, they're fighting right above you. Like, you, you're you getting the upskirt shot of all three of them. And so, first, one Goralin comes with one of the fists. The Abomination grabs it in a clawed hand and freezes it right in place. As the other one comes and punches it across the back of the head. Then, the first one, again, with one of the other arms, but on the same side, punches it across the face. The one on the left comes with another hit. He blocks that. It follows up with an attack from the same side. The Abomination kicks that arm away, knocking that Goralin down into the snow. 
and then the Growlithe on the right makes one final attack, punching it right in the fucking solar plexus. One of them is a critical, so as it smashes, you can see it almost like take a breath as that one seems to do extra damage. As they deal a total of 24 damage here. And the Abomination is starting to look actually seriously worse for wear, worse than you've probably ever seen. You can hear Calvin kind of screaming and arguing with Grizzabeth. Calvin, you are going to stay right here, right now. <laughs> and then the Abomination is up once more. Everyone is going to take nine points of damage as the fiery aura shoots out once more. <laughs> then he is going to glare at you, Gary. You're lying on the ground. It turns its head to you and you feel like it stares into your fucking soul. Make a constitution saving throw. Unnatural 20. So you feel like it tries to penetrate your fucking essence as it glares at you, but you seem to kind of fight it back. Still, it kind of twists your mind. You let out a, a Fulmar laugh as you feel like your insides fucking just contort. <laughs> <laughs> and as you do so, you take 22 points of psychic damage. Fuck you, that's a 20. Oh, wait, wait, sorry, sorry. Let me roll, because it might come out lower. 21. See? The dice are nice. <laughs> and after it glares at you, it turns to the Goralin on its right, and with its claws, it slashes across its chest, cuts into the fucking Reclaimer armor, and then with its left claw, drives it up in through the bottom jaw. You see the claw, like, appear inside the Goralin's mouth as it gapes open and it lifts it up into the air. The Goralin goes... <laughs> as it tosses the dead body away and into the snow. Gary, it is your turn. Okay, Gary is going to try and mimic what it just did to the Goralin with his clawed hand as he comes up. 23. That hits. Second one. 21. That also hits. And he's going to frenzy. Okay. For an extra attack. All right, a 23. That hits all three attacks land. Gary tries to do what he just did to the Growlin and viciously slashes for 34 damage in a rage with the clawed hand. Yeah, you feel that dark translucent material in your claws meet like a similarly tough hide under the chin. You manage to get just your middle finger in. You feel it like dig into the meat. It feels unnatural. Like it almost doesn't feel like flesh. Like like it feels like gas almost, but with a fleshy texture, it's indescribable. As you pull it out, you begin slashing across its chest and it's definitely feeling them. It is looking very, very bad right now as it is taking all of those hits. Yargan is up. Yargan is going to spend a little bit of movement getting back up, and he is going to run at it again. He does a little tap on the ground as he runs, <laughs> and then he stomps, slides, so that even though he's standing still, he's still sliding over the snow towards the abomination. He whips it once around an ankle, yanks, the thing loses its balance, and as it loses its balance and spins, he whips it. Just right on one of the ass cheeks, leaving a little scorch mark. And as this happens, you you hear Grizabeth go, Calvin, wait! And Calvin has climbed back up onto the caravan and he sees this and he goes, Whoa! It is him! 
<laughs> you see Silvio is desperate, like, he is fucking pounding on Becca's chest. It seems like whatever's going on over there is not going well. Elizabeth goes and grabs Calvin, tries to yank him back. The one remaining Goralin is going to just fucking unleash a flurry of blows upon the Abomination. He grabs its head and brings him down, bending him over his knee. And you see it reels back for a second and then digs one of its gorilla-like claws into that hole that you already made in its chin and begins to pull and pry the flesh apart. And you see it begins to open the jaw. This thing looks like it is on death's fucking door. It is looking very, very worse for wear as this kind of black goop is dropping onto the ground like thick, coagulated blood with these dark vapors emanating off of it. As it is doing that, you see once more the ring emanate. Everyone takes 10 points of fire damage, so five for you. The Goralin takes the hit and actually this time does get knocked back and off of the Abomination. He falls on the ground. He is looking like he is very, very nearly dead. And Jorgen is looking pretty hurt. Honestly, probably faring the best of everyone at the moment. Uh, you see he glares at Jorgen and Jorgen is as he holds his hands to his head and kind of takes a knee, taking a significant amount of damage. You see him turn pale. Maybe he should take half damage because he has an eye patch? <laughs> no. He takes a knee, he is taking significant damage, and then you see the abomination turn back down to you, Gary, having noticed the significant damage that you just did to it, and he is going to attempt to slam you. Okay. First one's a natural 20. Second one's a 12. Okay. Does a 12 hit? No. You are going to take 28 points of damage. So that's bludgeoning damage? Bludgeoning and necrotic. Because I am resistant right now to bludgeoning. So you take 20 points of damage as he brings a clawed fist down on your face. You feel the nose crunch. It hurts like a bitch. And then you feel like this radiating, lingering pain that spreads across your face. Gary, it's your turn. Okay, so now... <laughs> yeah, Gary's going to attack again in a frenzy. Okay, go for it. First one's a critical fail. Mm. You go to slash, and as you slash, it grabs your wrist and then digs your claws into your own stomach for three points of damage. Okay, good. I'm resistant to slashing damage, so that's one. <laughs> All right, two more. <laughs> in my okay. friends. Okay, 23. That hits. And a 10. That does not hit. So roll for damage on the 23. 13 damage. Gary, describe how you kill this thing. Yes. <laughs> Gary just springs up from the ground. His broken nose, the front half is kind of slapping him in the face because it's <laughs> broken so bad. And uh, he is going to Superman lunge at it with the claw hand in front that pierces right through where this thing's heart would probably be. So he goes, uh huh. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and your claws pierce through that hard, plasticky flesh, and you feel that same feeling. It's like one of those sensory deprivation tanks where, like, you almost don't feel anything, but there's clearly some sort of liquidy goop in here. And as you drive your claw through, it comes out the other side. 
you bring it down and rip it back through, leaving a giant gaping hole as it goes. It collapses to its knees, seems to glare up at you, and then explodes into a puff of like this black purplish gas slash liquid that splatters all over you, the Garalin, and Yargan as you take nine points of necrotic damage and this putrid scent and feeling permeates. <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> You have slain the abomination. Okay. What the hell was that? How does the Goralin look? The Goralin's looking pretty bad, but like he'll be okay. It's breathing heavily, like taking one knee on the ground, trying to wipe the gunk off of its fur. Gary attacks the Goralin. Okay. We're halfway there. Hurry up and wait. This, this is the halftime ad with Nikki B. Yeah, just give me a minute. I'm in the bathroom. But I cannot wait. Well, you're gonna have to. The drama, the suspense. Will the monstrous hero survive? What is the monster? What will become of Alex? Ten bucks says the doughboy dies in the last episode. (gasps) Okay, I'm coming. This is what happens. You are able to place the oxygen tank and you light the lighter and you throw it and the the camera zooms in and follows the lighter slowly rotating as it makes its way towards the gaping maw. And as it catches flame, it does explode outward. But most of it is inside of the blob. But Doughboy, being wrapped in the tongue, gets the worst of it. Wait, so am I inside of it as the explosions are going off? You are, so make a portent check. Okay. (laughs) That's a two. Okay. Did you wash your hands after You were rushing me! Nobody told you not to wash your hands. Okay, fine. I'll go wash my hands. 
And while I'm at it, I can shout out the Dungeons & Drimbus Patreon. If you want to hear the first episode of Hexing Tide for free, go to patreon.com slash drimbus. Check it out along with all the other bonus content. And when you're ready, sign up along with these wonderful people like Jerry Benetanos, Queso Loco, Clara Jean Kelly, November Sky, John Mitchell, Greta Beignet, Alejandro Lopez, Ace Andrews, Thomas Murphy, Regina Russell, Salty, Sam Olivos, Jordan Cobb, The Unnamed Rogue, John Gillette, Conair on DVD, Doubtful Guest, Michael Richters, Davis Walden, Denny Dewdrop, Myth Mouse, Callie Wolf, Brandon M. Bishop, Wiglets, Joanna, Wes Berger, Stan Sitzman, Scrambles the Death Dealer, Aaron Adams, Nathan Mesner, Ruth Thanatos, Morgan Lawson, Trip, Wilhelmina Fox, Stoner Panda, Melissa Rain, Hensational, Aaron Savania, Butts of Plenty, The Lone Trumpeter, Uvula Nutria, Normally Me, and Dane Kohlhoff. Yeah, I think that's long enough. My hands are probably chemically burned now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Gary attacks the ghrelin. Okay. Roll your attack. I'm going to give you advantage because it is not expecting this. Okay. It's going to frenzy on the ghrelin. Okay. <laughs> that is a 16. That hits. Another one. 16 again. So then the last one is a 23. So they should all hit. I'm going to say you don't even need to roll damage on this. Okay. You feel an indescribable frenzy take you over, almost like... Maybe you had a thought that led to this action, but it is almost instinctive. Like, you, you almost lose control. Describe how you rip this Goralin apart. It's like taking a knee. Yeah. Yeah, so while he's taking a knee, Gary fairly runs to the Goralin. What are you doing, lad? Grabs him in the back of the neck, slams it onto its face, and just starts uh, hacking it apart with his claw hand. Until <laughs> <laughs> its head is pulp. And then you just see, like, the hand twitching, like, off to the side. But there's no head anymore. It's just electrical impulses shooting off. What the fuck, lad? And you see Yargin, like, readies his whip. Like, eyeing you very carefully. Holding one hand out, like, toward you, like, to keep you at bay. They can't know we were here. <laughs> They're reclaimers for the town. We could have used them to get safe entry. You just did them a favor. And Gary starts searching uh, the Growlin's bodies. Holy shit. Okay. So you see they all had that heavy plate armor. They all had those spears. You don't find much on them beyond that. You get the feeling they're like on patrol, so probably not many personal effects on them. They had more than one spear? They each had one. Yeah. 
Okay. But they threw those, right? Yes. One is on the ground near where the abomination died. The other is lodged into the caravans, like wooden frame. Gary brings the heavy armors into the, the carriage. Materials here. Kind of like shoves them at uh, Barnabas, like, work with this. Calvin looks at you and like he hugs Grizabeth. You're like, you're soaked in blood. <laughs> yeah. And Grizabeth looks at you and goes, Ray, Ray, what are you doing? <sighs> They're the enemy. Come on. Angelina. They were fighting with you, Ray. Yeah, but they can't know that we're here. We have to kidnap their king. We're not their friends. Ray. And Strong puts a hand on your shoulder. He goes, are you all right? No. See? (laughs) And he dangles the claw hand in front of him. Yeah. You're you're worrying me, Ray. That was impulsive. Uh, yeah. Well, my, we're in danger. I can't. We can't risk them knowing about us. We have to hide. You're in the back of the caravan, and at this point, everyone is kind of near it. Silas and Solera are with Yimik, Yasika, and Yorick, and they are kind of behind Grizabeth, with Calvin hugging Grizabeth's front. And you see Yargan comes around the back, and he goes, "Excuse me, are you all safe here?" No, we need to go to the theater where we can be safe. I'm not talking about you, lad. What do you mean? Yeah, of, of course we're safe. Has he done something like this before? No, no, Gary. Gary would never hurt anyone. Except the bad people. We got destroyed the bad people right there. Right, yeah, yeah, right, right. And he's shaking his head, uh, nodding enthusiastically. And who exactly are the bad people? Well, you said they were bad, though. You said the reclaimers were just were being horrible to everybody. Aye, lad, but we have to be able to change their minds. Well, they... they to use them to our advantage. They don't need to know that I did it. We just say the abomination did it, and we barely beat the abomination. I'll level with you, Ray. Only because you just possibly saved our hides here just now. And I don't know what that thing is. I'm having second thoughts about having you around my people. That's... Yeah, this yeah, I This understand. is not a natural outburst. Has this happened before? We can't have witnesses. I, 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 I get it. Just please take them at least. You don't have to take me in, but please get them safe. No, right, we're not leaving without you. Y- you can't stay with me. All right. We're here to get you help. That's the whole point. Okay. Remind me what exactly it was that's ailing you, Ray. I've got... Uh, I've got another one inside me, another person, but he's... He's not a good person. And, well, I, I don't fully blame him, but I think he's trying to get out. He's trying to get out. And, uh, if I could stay like this or I can get worse, I start, I've been, I start forgetting things. Um, I don't usually, I'm usually green. I'm not usually like this. And, uh, I, they said I have to, I have two souls. That's what it is. And he's holding up the clawed hand yeah, and, yeah. and like hysterically, like yeah. putting the clawed hand in Yargan's face, the two clawed, like the two clawed fingers, like I have yeah. two souls in me and uh, I have to 
Bit, you gotta kill me. But put me. Right, right, right. And Grizzabeth like lowers your hand and like puts her hands on her face and looks at you. It's okay. It's okay. I. She gives you a hug and like tries to press like your head like to her chest like a little kid. <laughs> I, it's okay. We need to get him help, Mr. Rockbottom. Please. You're a hero, right? My daddy is a hero. He need help. We, please don't leave my daddy alone, Mr. Jorgen. <sighs> Gary, roll a persuasion check with advantage. Oh, shit. Your family's taking the help action. Whoa. So, 16 for persuasion. Jorgen looks at you and goes, You've got a week. We have to figure something out before then. Whatever's going on with you, if it gets worse, I'm not willing to risk my people, okay? Hey. One outburst like this that hurts any of my people, and you're all out. No, I'm not gonna hurt your people. That Garellan's not your people, right? He just kind of looks at you and he frowns a little bit, like like he's like it's sad, like like he's looking at something sad. It is, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, "I hope you're right." Look, I think your son knows more, but I've got to put, I got to die and get my soul out, uh, get both souls out, and then put mine back in. I, that's the science that I know. I lot. Well, the horses are gone, so. Everyone pack up whatever you need. We can go the rest of the way on foot. Yeah. Oh, back, Becca. Where's Becca? <laughs> you see at this point, Silvio comes around the edge of the caravan. His hands are covered in blood. And he looks at you, and then he looks behind Grizabeth to Silas and Solara. And he goes, I'm sorry. I did everything I could. Um, where my mom? Um, where my mommy? Um, where is she? I happened? I'm sorry. I'm I'm so sorry. And Sylvia just kind of like zones out, staring at the tarp of the canvas. Oh, Silas, Solera, come here, come here. And Grizabeth kind of gives them a hug. She's okay. It's gonna be okay. Mommy, um, mommy has to go away now, okay? Ray, see if you and Von Abbas can wrap her up a little, a little nicely. Carrie just walks out to the body of Becca. Yeah. With his head down. Yeah, she's there and you can see the visible, like, blasts of fire across her body. And then you see where, like, it kind of looks like she was choking on blood almost as there's now some dried blood across her torso as well from where those blasts came in and, like, cut through. The neck kind of hangs a little bit too limply. You get the feeling it was hurt very badly in that final blast that knocked her off the carriage. (laughs) This might sound bad. Gary wants to search if there's any personal effects or something she wanted to leave for the kids or something. Because you guys have all been traveling in the caravan, they're likely all back there. Okay. Then Gary will walk back to the broken carriage and with one clawed finger will cut out some tarp. Nice. Yeah, Yargan sees it and he says, let me give you a hand a lot. As 
you cut it, he then like grabs it with you and you guys like pull the sheet down to rip it off. Yeah, and he's gonna bring it to Becca to wrap her up in it. And he gives you that and he goes, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for your losses, but we're gonna get your son. No. It's difficult, this life. A lot of sacrifices that have to be made. The life is full of hardship. Uh, you know, it's horrible, but it's beautiful. It is. All we can hope, and like he looks back towards Grizabeth, who has Calvin and Silas and Solera around them and everyone else, and he goes, All we can hope is that we leave it in a better state for them. <sighs> that's, that's all I care about. I'm sorry about whatever happened to you. I, I wish I could be of more immediate assistance. And I, I hope you don't blame me for distrusting you. It's just... We, we've seen a lot of hardship the last few years. I don't care what you do to me. I just want them to be safe. I know I'm broken. And he's like tapping his temple with his hand. I know I'm broken. But please, help them. Hey, hey, hey. And he holds your hand and goes... You're not broken. Your family clearly doesn't think so. I don't think so. You're hurting. Yeah. We can help. We'll figure it out. Okay, lad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're here for. To help each other out. Yeah. Where, where should we put her? Where was she from? Is there a preferred burial place? Um... All else failing. He kind of holds up his whip and like flashes the flames. Um, the carriage is broken, so won't be needing it where we're going. Yeah, let's empty it first. Okay. And you guys head back and spend the next probably hour or two. It's getting pretty dark at this point. As you clear out the carriage, everyone kind of fills their packs to the brim, carrying as much as they can. Gary will actually cast the floating disc if anybody wants to put some supplies on it so they don't have to carry it. Sure, yeah. You guys put probably like a crate or two of like provisions and bedding and stuff like that so that the kids don't have to carry as much. <laughs> and then Jorgen goes and puts Becca in there as well as the Garalans. And there's not much of the flump left. So, and he goes, all right. I'm not much good at these things, so... Does uh, anyone want to say a few words? The kids are just, like, sniffling and just watching. Yeah. Becca... Becca was... Becca did her best. Becca was a good person, and no one could ask any more of her. She was too good for this world. And, uh, she... <sighs> she was more than enough. And um, she's very happy right now. We're proud of Salaris and Solaris. And uh, she'll always be with you. You can always talk to her. She can hear you. Well said, Ray. Jorgen says, Godspeed. And lights his whip on a, like a bunched up piece of canvas. And you see it lights, 
and the flames begin to spread throughout the caravan structure. You all stand there solemnly for a little bit, and he says, It's getting quite dark. Let's get a move on. Let's go. And you all begin to head toward Longreach. It is a hike. You are moving through the snow. It is uncomfortable. You guys are short, <laughs> a lot of you. <laughs> Strong has begun to fly as much as he can so that he can help carry the kids in like a sling like he did for Barnabas before while Yargan is helping to fireman carry Barnabas over since he can't really support all their weight at once right now. But you all trudge through the snow. Eventually, after probably another hour or two of travel, you see an imposing, looming figure jutting out into the sky. A large, frozen hand that reaches over the city. And Calvin looks up and he goes, Whoa! Daddy, what's that? It's, um... I believe that's the... That's why they call it Longreach. Some giant froze there a long time ago. That's really cool. I'm really glad that, uh, you know, you get to see amazing sights like this in your lifetime. Yeah. Thank you, Daddy. And he, like, gives you a hug at, like, your waist. He's, like, <laughs> waist deep in snow at the very least. Gary yeah. gives a side hug because he's holding some stuff. So. Yeah. And Yargan says, All right, lad, so... We're going to have to avoid the security checkpoint. Uh, they're going to realize those Gralans are missing, and I don't want to be tied to that. That wouldn't go too well for us. Yeah. Thankfully, it's nightfall. Blizzard is still blazing. I think if we come around the back, we can sneak in through uh, in between patrol patterns and make it to the theater. Yeah. All right. Okay. Gary, give me a stealth check. 16. Everyone make it with advantage because of the snow. Uh, you heard him, everybody. Yeah. Still 16. Okay. That advantage saved all of your asses. I literally, <laughs> I rolled like a 2 and then a 19 and then like a 3 and a 16. Like. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Yargan begins to lead the way. You see Strunkos. Wait, wait, wait. Children, climb in. And all of the kids get in the sling he transforms and flies high up above where the patrol would see. Yargan begins to lead the way through the snow, carrying Barnabas. And as he does, you guys kind of end up at the intersection of a patrol pattern. He goes, oh shit. And he literally like burrows into the snow, covering both of them. And you see the guards kind of pass each of them. As they pass, he pops back up, pulls Barnabas out. You see him go. <coughs> and he drags him through the snow and motions all of you forward. Gary, you and Grizabeth cross together in between patrol patterns. And then you see Silvio is about to cross. He sees a patrol coming and flitters in between the buildings as he follows you. Uh, and as this goes on, you all sneak your way through the city of Longreach. You see various different storefronts and residential homes, but the streets are just barren and just totally empty right now because no one is daring to peek out in this like terrible terrible blizzard eventually after a couple of minutes of walking and sneaking you pull up to a gorgeous building that looks like a halfway cross between a theater and a country western saloon and there is a big sign that reads 
just over here community theater. <laughs> and <laughs> Yargin pulls up and pulls out his keys <laughs> and unlocks the door for you. You all walk into a carpeted lobby. He removes his bear hat and shakes out the snow out of his gray hair as all of you come in and you start defrosting. And Calvin goes, <sighs> Daddy, I want hot cocoa. Ooh, hot cocoa would be nice, Ray. And Silas and Solera are sniffling, going, Yeah, yeah. Gary shrugs. You got cocoa? Uh, I'll see what I can do. Please, follow me. And you work your way through the building. He pushes open these heavy wooden doors that look like very fancified saloon doors, which give way to a beautiful auditorium with red plush seats and a large proscenium stage. Yargan leads you up the steps as you hear his tap boots clicking on the floor. Uh, and he looks out towards the house with a smile and goes, What do you think? Nice, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you must be proud. I definitely am. Jeremiah, you know, I, I opened this place with, with someone with your same name. And Calvin goes, <gasps> And he, like, smiles and he hides behind you, like, shy. He goes, Daddy, do you think that means Jeremiah was here? Yeah, he was. Whoa. And he kind of looks out at the auditorium. Then Yargin bends down, and he knocks on the wooden floor of the stage. And then he whispers, Everybody goes right. <laughs> There's silence for a moment. And then you hear some stirring. Oh my god. <laughs> and then a trapdoor opens as a half lane pops out. So we should go left. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, good to see you, lass. Newcomers? Aye, let them down. I'd like them to meet the others. Oh, and see if you can't whip up some cocoa. Yargan steps down these stairs that lead to the underbelly of the stage, and the halfling smiles at you and says, Nice to meet you. I'm Julie, stage manager slash actress slash revolutionary thinker. I'm... Ray. Ray, pleasure uh, to meet you. Goblin slash abomination slash lawyer at your service. Wow. I love deep character work. <laughs> Please. Right this way, everyone. And Julie kind of takes her time letting you in and, and kind of greeting everyone. And you step down into the underbelly of the theater. You're greeted by what must be at least 15 other faces. They're all crowded in what seems to be a storage room or workshop-type area turned living space. Yargan speaks up and goes, Everybody, we've got a couple of new faces joining us today. Ray, why don't you do the honors? <sighs> and everyone is just, like, staring at you, like, with those, like, theater kid stares, like, waiting for you to speak. <sighs> and with the clawed finger, he's pulling at his... His coat collar, like he's nervous. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not much of a performer. Uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> hey, everybody. Puts up the clawed hand, like, to, as a awkward hello. Yeah. Um, we're gonna kidnap ourselves a king. Yeah! 
<laughs> Do you hear the people sing, singing the songs of angry men? It is the music of a people Gary, who will not be yeah, slaves again. Gary kind of starts clapping and tries to get his family to clap too. <laughs> yeah, you guys are all like all of your gang is just awkwardly here. Yes. <laughs> these theater kids are swarming around you singing. And Yarkin goes, Alright, alright, alright. He he like snaps the whip. <laughs> now, this gang has proven to be exceptionally capable, but we've got some planning to do. Not only do we have Judge Dickhead up on the throne and a swarm of damned bats holding the monastery, but we discovered there are some far nastier things out there than we had anticipated. I'll say. And from above you, you hear a deep voice as a figure flies down into the trapdoor. You see this Corvilius. It looks like a tall gorilla person two buff arms, and instead of the forearms of the Goralans, he has two big wings coming out of the back, clad in a gold reclaimer armor set. Whoa. He stands up to his full height, about nine feet tall, as everyone turns to him, and you see they fucking go silent. This figure surveys the room full of stowaways. Yargan puts a hand to his whip and goes, Reclaimer Captain Logan, I can explain. No need. I'm here to help. End of session. What? This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Benetados as Gary Mogbaha. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. Editing was done by Hannah Schooner and Giancarlo Herrera with sound design by Giancarlo Herrera. If you want to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our After the Show show, After the Drimbus, free exclusive merch, bonus series, and the chance to create items for the show or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you all so much for listening, and I do declare I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hey, Dad. 
I've got a question for you, and it makes me really frustrated. Mikey, the stars are wrong. He jumped two and a half times farther than we were supposed He's to. He's not a robot, right? He's an AI. They used you, yes, but they used me worse. I want to go home. How many minutes are in a while? Ask Your Father is available anywhere you get podcasts. Find out more at gideonmedia.com.